It's episode 27 of the Toadstool Boardroom for the week of December 7th, 2022. That's uh, It's Smash Ultimate's fourth anniversary. Wow. My name's Logan Flynn. Joined today by Odell Harmon Jr. Hey, 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 everybody. And Chris Shriver. Hello. And if you feel a different energy in the boardroom today, that's because there is one. This is our last show of the year. And uh, (laughs) as it turns out, it is our last show for a while. The show, uh, surprisingly is going on hiatus for maybe a couple months. We don't really know, uh, but some life things came up, I think, for, for a couple members of the boardroom uh, that are keeping them from doing this show. So first, Chris, what's going on in your life? Uh, I am in the process of buying my first standalone home. hey And uh, the way that that is working is uh, we are moving into the house. We'll probably get the keys like right before or after christmas um and then i have to gut some of the rooms and then like the whole the whole house needs to be like gutted basically um and then i have to sell my condo but i have to prep my condo for sale so we have to like stage it and all that um so there's a lot of like just trips to home depot and manual labor that i'll be doing (laughs) through at least february um to get everything buttoned up there. And then it's honestly right now, the biggest challenge is figuring out once I move into this house, where does the desk go and where, where does like the rig go? And so that I can podcast and work from home and uh, all that good stuff because uh, Jess wants it to go in the basement and the basement is not finished. And I don't want to become like a dweller. Like, you know, <laughs> uh-huh, fair. so uh, just a lot to figure out right now. And I was like, I'm going to take a hiatus on all my, you know, platformers as well. I haven't been on there. Um, you know, I'm going to take a hiatus there and just kind of get my, my life together a little bit while we go through this process and all that good stuff. So if the boardroom does come back, Chris will be a part of it. I will. But be it. drum roll. This is Odell's final episode. Even if the show does come back. Very sad. Very sad. But Odell, what's going on? Uh, unfortunately, uh, professional video game work has gotten significant enough to where I can no longer, maybe legally, no longer do the show. So I got to bow out, sadly, which ironic is because I actually thoroughly enjoyed doing the show. Like I remember when I first started Stride, I was like, I want to still be able to do this and I could. But now roles have changed, terms have changed and... I am no longer going to be able to do this show to any capacity. Cause y'all already know, like it, it even if I tried, it would probably still be a no. Yeah. Which is, yeah. it's understandable. We got, we got career stuff and, and personal stuff. I, I could still do the show. I'm hanging out, but I'm not going to do it without these guys. I'm not going to replace them. So I, uh, this is Odell's final show. We're going to have a great show. We're going to recap Nintendo's 2022, talk about a couple of other things, and then maybe you'll see the boardroom back in a couple of months with myself, Chris, maybe a mystery face to join the third chair that Odell is, is departing today. Yeah, <laughs> Reggie, there's <laughs> He's my replacement. He's got big shoes to fill. He's retired. Uh, He's got nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, and Odell just got his new mic. He just got his new mic. <laughs> no, right. Yeah, right. He's only able to use it on two shows. Yeah. All right. Enough sappy stuff. Maybe we'll do more at the end. We got to get serious now and talk about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass. Wave 3 is out now. Uh, Eight tracks, the Rock Cup and the Moon Cup. 
And I played it earlier today, and it's probably my favorite wave so far. I really, really like the courses. Wow. But honestly, it, it is a little biased because two of the courses were my top two most requested for this booster course pass, which is Maple Treeway from the Wii that was remade in Mario Kart 7, and then Rainbow Road on 3DS, uh, which has not got a remake. This is its first time coming back, and those two courses are very great. The tour tracks that they brought over are very fun. Uh, the London Loop is like super long course. It's like it's like a two and a half minute race, which the pattern for this DLC has been much shorter laps and shorter races. But the London track is really, really long. I was like, when is this thing going to end? But it's really cool. It's a cool track. Peach Gardens is there from the DS and the Wii. And they make a very cool change to it where on the third lap, uh, it, it does what some of the tour tracks do, where it takes you on this alternate route. And then you do the third lap backwards which is a cool shakeup that I'm really enjoying them seeing in the DLC. So tracks are cool. But the main thing that really got me excited today that came out of nowhere is something I've been requesting for literally years. And they finally did it. They added a Smash Bros-like item switch mode for versus races where you can toggle off any individual item that you want. So you can race. I did this. It was hilarious. I did a 200cc race on Baby Park with only bullet bills. There's just 12 bullet bills just <laughs> screaming around. It's awesome. It's just awesome. It is. It's so refreshing to be able to do stuff like this when we've never been able to do item toggles before in offline mode. So, yeah, what'd you guys think of that when you saw that today? Because it really came out of nowhere, and I was thrilled to see it happen. It made me honestly think with this was always true, but now it's definitively true by such a huge margin that I'm sorry there's no longer competition. Mario Kart is officially the best kart racer ever because I feel like the only thing other kart racers that could do better than Mario Kart was like customization or wacky non-racing things. But in terms of like base kart racing, Mario Kart was always king. But now you can do stuff like you just described. It's, it's just like, it's like Pokemon in the mon- monster catching thing. Like it's just definitively at the top. Yeah, you'll have your Coromans, you'll have your um, Tim Tims, but we just have a king of kart racing, and I, I, we'll we'll be gone. Someone be exploded before someone can make a kart racer better than Mario Kart. <laughs> Whoa, bold statement! Man. <laughs> it's true though. Mario Kart Eight is deluxe, is peak kart racing. It just it has it all. Yeah, except for Diddy Kong. It doesn't have Diddy Kong or Birdo, it, so it doesn't quite have it all. It does, and like now, I like I know it's probably too much of wishful thinking, but like. There are two empty blocks on uh, that page, and I know it's because there just aren't that many items. But like, it did make me think: Will they add? Will they add more items as more waves come out, and then you can incorporate it into this mode? Um, Are they going to add more features as the waves continue to come out? Because we we've been saying for a while, like the tracks are great. Um, I love that they come out. I'm only playing them for like a day or two. Um, What's the thing that's going to keep me coming back? This is the type of content drop that will keep me coming back and just messing around with with friends um you know you're playing mario kart in a way that we haven't been able to play it before and that's really exciting and rare for a nintendo title like they're they're usually other than smash there really isn't a ton of customization that you can really drop into a lot of these titles yeah which is what's super cool about it is that smash always had all those sides where you can play with a couple items you can play with only Pokeballs. I know something I've done a lot in my time playing Smash Brothers. Uh, you could ratchet up low, medium, or high frequency. Like there were so many choices, and it felt so natural for Mario Kart. And like, like you said, Chris, this just opens up so many possibilities. Usually, 
when you play Mario Kart, it's yeah, we're, we're racing or we're doing battle mode. But now it's like, all right, let's just let's just do bullet bills and and just it's just pointless and it's not really a race anymore. But it's fun. Or in the team races, you can switch which side each items are on. So if you're on the red team, you can have like mushrooms and shells and if you're on the blue team you can have bananas and boomerangs and so you can kind of do like oh who would win in a balloon battle of uh, of green shells versus bananas and it's just it's super cool i think it's it is something that could draw people back more so than the tracks are doing like you said you're only playing for a couple days at a time so that's something that i think is super cool yeah, you know, on the battlefront, I would I would like to see more changes. Um, maybe nothing as crazy as like build your own battle court. Maybe, maybe. Man, I take that back. Maybe my nation. It's not research. like build it. It's not like building a track that takes DS. too much. <laughs> but you could you could build your because uh, I always felt like battle mode and deluxe is almost too complicated in the sense that like there's not like a just basic standard death match. Like you got three balloons. Maybe you can steal one. Here are your items. Like they all have like these quirks to them where I'm just like, I want to go back to 64 era. I got three balloons. Here are the items. Let's just go. So yeah. I would like some improvement in a more basic way there or just, you know, improvement at all. Like just a good set of rules like smash. Like, do you want a standard smash? How many balloons do you want? Can you steal them? Can you not? You know, Maybe you could do it the new style. Maybe you could do it classic, you know, just 64 style. Like, oh, if you got a battle mode classic, oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm doing that for like a month straight. have done that yet. Like, that seems like a pretty easy thing to get going. Right? Yeah. I will say on the two extra slots, tons of people online got super hyped when they're like, there's three extra slots in the smash stage screen. Even after the DLC, yeah. what three bonus stages are they going to add? They added nothing. It's just a black little bar in the bottom right of the stage select screen. I expect the same here. I wouldn't get same. excited about new items coming in. That, it you have to rebalance the, balance. the entire game. Right. Yeah. They're not going to do that at this point. Yeah. I do want more characters. And honestly, this update's like, Oh, maybe, maybe there's a chance that they bring over some of the characters that are in tour and not in eight, because it is a crime. I've been saying it for God, almost a decade. It is a crime that Diddy Kong and Bird are not in this game. And baby Rosalina is. And Pink Gold <laughs> Peach and Gold Mario and Sil and Metal Mario. And Tanuki Mario. Tanuki Mario and Kathy Mario. <laughs> yeah, it's just a That's disgusting fair. selection that is lacking two of the most iconic side Mario characters. I don't like Birdo. Like, I know she's like a Yoshi companion in, in games, but I'm just like, why are you doing this to my boy? <laughs> like, first of all, Birdo's not even like a real Mario character, first and foremost. I mean, but more power Whoa. to her. I mean, she 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 forced her way in there. What, because she's from Mario 2? Yeah. Well, Shy Guy. Shy Guy's from Mario 2. And now is he's, he? a, he's is that, Mario is that his Kart first day? appearance? That's his first appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh well, well, okay. All right. Never mind. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let it be. I'll let that. I'll, I'll retract my last statement. Yeah. So I, think I really do love how Bertos become like a, a icon of like of of beauty within the Mario universe. Like I remember, I thought it was odd at some point, but then at some point, it became endearing. Like you go, Berto. I'll give. Yeah, I don't know if I grew up or I just got used to seeing it or what. But there was that moment of like. I don't know about this. And then now I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Birdo, 
I got to share this real quick. I was playing Mario Party Superstars over the weekend with with my girlfriend, a friend, and a computer. And I had this people. I t- I complained about this on the show that whenever people talk about Mario Party, they're always like, "Oh, you're winning," and then on the last turn, they take it all away. That happens so rarely. It happened to me this weekend. <laughs> I had literally clinched the victory. If one that I think I think I tried to calculate the odds, it was about a one in four hundred chance of this happening. You guys know I'm a numbers guy. Has I, I tried to figure it out about a one in four hundred chance. It was it was my girlfriend's turn. She was going fourth, and it was the last turn of the game. It was turn fifteen. We play fifteen turn games in the new one. And if she rolled a ten, she would land on chance time. That happened. Then she picked my face and Birdo, who was the computer's face. And then for what happens in the chance time, she picked exchange all coins and stars. So literally on the final turn, the final person, the final turn of the game, it was a one in 10 chance they'd even land on that space. And then it was even more astronomically low odds that they just literally, because I had clinched the victory. So they literally handed the victory to Birdo on the final turn. And then we played a last <laughs> mini game. I won the two bonus stars, but it was not enough to catch the computer <laughs> that had all my stuff. It was unbelievable. What map? But it was great. It? Or, or uh, what? Peach's birthday cake. Oh, okay. What do you think is the best yeah. map in that game? Each of space you? Land. I'm a huge Space Land fan. Really? Okay. Yeah. What about you, Odell? Yeah, well, uh, not Space Land. Pro- probably the Spooky Tree. I forget the actual that's, name. That's the one we always play. The Woody Woods. Yeah. Oh wait, no. We play um haunted the haunted the haunted one the haunted yeah. like every time we play that's the one jess wants to play i like that one i don't like woody woods because the monty moles changing the direction is just a little too random for me like it's really hard to determine where you want to go in that one but i also don't like the super linear ones like the yoshi or the peach's birthday cake so my two favorites are the haunted horror land that's what it's called yeah and space land it needs more maps though more that's maps a game that, game that need yeah needs dlc because it's the best mario party of all time I'll, I'll really say is. that if this is the last episode of the boardroom, if that is definitively <laughs> the best Mario Party of all time. No, my thing is how how are we getting like updates for strikers and we're getting golf, but but we ain't got no boards. Well, because whoa, they, they whoa. made what? sorry to interject. We're supposed to get a third content drop for strikers this year, and that hasn't happened yet. We are running out of time. Oh. <laughs> Who'd we get? Daisy, Diddy Kong. Uh Daisy, Diddy Kong, uh Pauline and Shy Guy have been the four so far. And then there's an alien course, like a futuristic course and a desert course are the two fields that they added. There's supposed to be another character? There's going to be a third update. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. A third update coming. And it was supposed to be this year. God, remember, that not remember yet. In the early days of the Toadstool Boardroom where we were so bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and ready to play Mario Strikers, and then... Yeah, I still like that game. We'll talk about it. We'll get to that. Now we'll get there. We'll get to that. We got to move on, though, to news that Phil Spencer, crossing over into Xbox world, Xbox's Phil Spencer dropped at 8.12 p.m. Pacific time uh, last night on Twitter when he said that Microsoft has made a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo consoles. So kind of worth noting here, Microsoft is still trying very hard to get the Activision Blizzard acquisition to go through it's being reviewed by several different organizations right now there's possibly going to be an antitrust lawsuit against it so we'll see if that this ends up happening 
But Phil Spencer tweeted, Microsoft's entered into a 10-year commitment to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo following the merger of Microsoft and Activision Blizzard King. Microsoft is committed to helping bring more games to more people, however they choose to play. Uh, and then they will also offer it simultaneously on Steam uh, in addition. So Call of Duty has not been on a Nintendo platform. Did, does anyone know off the top of their head? If you saw it today, don't say it. Call Wait, Duty. No, it was it was the Call of Duty that was on Wii. That was that Wii exclusive Call of Duty, right? Oh, I was going to say World at War. Was it World no. at War? It was, a, it was a game that I would hazard as one of the lowest selling SKUs that Activision's ever published. Call of Duty, Call of Duty Ghosts Warfare. on Wii U. Oh. Call of Duty Ghosts, which was already one of the lower received Call of Duties, but on Wii U, and that was in 2013. So by the time this, this happens, it'll be over a decade since the last Call of Duty appeared on a Nintendo platform. I'm curious to see what this is going to look like, because right now, I can't really see them developing a Call of Duty port for the Switch. I could see them putting Warzone on the Switch, but this to me has to happen when Nintendo's next-gen hardware comes out. What do you guys think? 100%. No, uh, uh, okay, guys. Y'all, y'all, we talk, I talked about this briefly before, and I don't think either of you two have ever done it, but have you ever played Apex Legends on the Switch? No. No, I can't do it. On the show, do, it. do me a favor as my last request of the boardroom. <laughs> download it tonight. And play two matches if you can stomach that. After doing that, I was, I remember, I, okay, here's a tactic to win at Apex Legends, which the brown textures are so bad to where if someone's chasing you, run against the wall and stand still. It works like a charm. Wow. I promise you, just stop, run, go against the wall, just stop moving. And when they're looking for you in confusion, wait till their back's turn, just light them up. <laughs> That's how bad that game looks. They're like it's like T Rex vision. If you're not moving, you can't see me. <laughs> yeah, I've never even played a match of Apex in general, so I'm definitely not going to try it on Switch. <laughs> no, I mean, there's no, there's no way that they could get a native version of that game running on the Switch, like Fortnite can chug at times and that's a fall game guys chugs fall guy fall guys chugs that's a that's a better example actually um i mean granted that is that is a lot of like objects on the screen at the same time but yeah. um i would imagine yeah i mean most people that are playing call of duty they're playing Warzone, um and even on previous gen consoles that tends to chug like a lot of people that are were are excited or were excited to get ps5s and series x's uh, they're Call of Duty players. Like they're they're there to play the same game, just so it looks better and runs better. Um, I can't imagine this ever happening on a current gen switch. I just don't. Yeah, it's for at least in my family and anecdotally from a few other households that I'm aware of. Call of Duty on on Wii was kind of like a gateway for the casual audience that owned Wii's to get 360s or PlayStations. That's how it was in my house. My really? dad played World at War on Wii, and then he's like, this looks terrible, and I'm using the Wii Zapper. I'm going to buy an Xbox so I can play with the neighbors who have it on Xbox. I know a, f a few other places that, that did that, too, in their households. And, yeah, I'm not really sure how well Call of Duty performs on a Nintendo platform. There's, yeah, it, it's an interesting... No, this interesting is a... Deal. This is a... Uh, I'll say this. If they release a SKU of Call of Duty, it is to it's a CYA. 
It's so they can cover their butts in a from a legal perspective and say, what do you mean? We we have a you can play Call of Duty on Nintendo and it runs like yeah. Apex Legends or Overwatch or insert, you know. Yeah. Free to play shooter here. Oh, yeah. It's no surprise that this happens while they're facing the threat of an antitrust lawsuit. Yeah, that's why this is happening. Like, yes, absolutely. hundred percent to say, hey, it's it's not going to be exclusive. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's going to be everywhere. Yeah, you know, it'd be funny. You know, you know, be you know, it'd be funny. Like this is like my this is a docu. This is like ten years, twenty years from now, when there's a documentary, it's like how does Switch become? How did Nintendo platforms become the most graphically powerful consoles ever? And it goes back to this, and it was like so Microsoft made a thing, but in the details, it was it had to run just as good on their platform. So Microsoft had to like bribe pay Nintendo to upgrade their half- software to an ungodly degree. And, and and they didn't want to do it, so Microsoft had to force them to upgrade their hardware so it could, could perform, it could play the newest Call of Duty extremely well. But then since now, now Nintendo didn't up all the quality of their games graphically and performance wise because like that would be wild. It was like that was just like this wild behind. Like, that was the dynamo you know. that tipped it all. <laughs> uh-huh. Nintendo Switch to more powerful than a Series X. You heard it here first. Also yeah. not going to happen. Also not going to happen. Okay, that's the new stuff this week. Game Awards haven't happened yet. They're happening the day the show goes up. Uh, so if anything big Nintendo happens there, we'll talk about it sometime down the road. Uh, but We'll have an yeah. emergency show. <laughs> emergency show. Are either of you expecting anything Nintendo? Not at wise? all. Not a thing. Mm, I think, I don't know. I think Sports Story might be there. And that might be the, the release date drop for it. Could see that. Uh, why didn't they give a date for it if they weren't planning some special drop trailer I think they're small enough I think that studio is small enough that they don't even know when it's coming out I think they're going at a week by week basis at this point like just QAing it out this month. Yeah, I need that game I need it okay so we're not going to talk about the game more so it'll be outdated by the time you're listening to this probably instead we're going to talk about the year that was 2022. Yeah, something could still happen. They've surprised us with late December directs before, but we're talking about the year that it's been so far. Actually, I'm going to take it all back and get my last minute prediction in there. There's going to be a Zelda trailer tomorrow. Anyways, so <laughs> there's going to be a Zelda you, trailer. You think at the, so? the last bit when we got, okay, think about this. You think it would be one of those like worthwhile trailers or be one of those trailers that's like 80% stuff we've already seen? Oh, it'll be new. It'll be new. It won't be Miyamoto and Aonuma running a horse through an empty field like it was in 2015, but there will be something there. There will be either something that there will be like an F zero or a Metroid prime four. Don't even talk to me. Or there will be like (laughs) some totally off the wall, dormant JRPG franchise that I don't care about and have never heard of at all. That's like, yes it'll be exactly like golden sun it'll be something like that that i'm just like cool cool beans i'm glad this is happening for the fans guys guys earthbound only because we already drummed this up as my last show if they like showcase metro prime 4 we're gonna have an emergency show with like my cousin Aurel. i'm (laughs) I'm gonna pull like a hat and a mustache (laughs) we're just gonna go along with it he is also a big metro it's like, Odell, like, oh, I'm not Odell. Just, you know, some hat and a monogram. I don't know what I would do. If Aurel Harmon Sr. To shave your head or facial hair. Happy dedication. <laughs> okay, let's talk about 2022. The big year in review. We're going to talk about the 
other things that happened with Nintendo. And we're going to give a letter grade for this year, kind of at the end of this discussion, of which I have not decided yet. I'm between a couple in my head, and I kind of want to see how this conversation goes before I land on 2022, because it was an interesting year. It, it was interesting. There were two or three, I guess, new mainline Pokemon games. I never know how to separate the two versions. I guess two new games, but one of them had two versions. So two new mainline Pokemon games. Uh, the first 3D Kirby game, Splatoon 3 was a huge, huge blockbuster title for them. And, and kind of a lot of other smaller things kind of in the middle. It Pokemon obviously is a huge seller, but from Nintendo proper, didn't really feature one of their huge heaviest hitters this year. But there were still a lot of great titles. So let's let's kind of go chronologically through the games that came out this year on Switch. In January, one we've been talking about a lot lately, Pokemon Legends Arceus came out and... It's not my favorite game on Switch this year, but it's certainly one of them. Uh, for me, it is my favorite Pokemon game on Switch this year. I do like this one a heck of a lot more than Scarlet Violet. But this was a really fun way to kick off the year, I thought. Uh, this, I think, has been forgotten a lot because games that tend to come out in January do tend to feel like they're kind of lumped in with the year prior. But this was this year, and I thought this was a really strong start to, to first-party titles for Nintendo this year. Chris, what do you think of Arceus? I mean, I I have a lot of fond memories playing this and and watching my wife play it. Um, it it had its issues, uh, you know, the first week or so. Um, you know, the art style, love it or hate it. Um, but it like overall, it was a huge, like different. It was a different path for the franchise, and I think it was really exciting. Like one of one of my favorite things about it, and one of my favorite. Like, you know, why why I fell in love with Odell Harmon Jr. so quickly was just like <laughs> talking about how, yeah, that like it, it it's rough around the edges, but like there's something here. Like I'm I'm really enjoying like the loop that this game has to offer. Yeah, Odell, I, I, it seems like you like the Scarlet more, the return to more traditional Pokemon, but you were a fan <laughs> of Arceus. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's because um I look at Arceus, like, to me, I know it's a core game, but it's a spinoff thing. And, you know, it's like, I love Mario Kart, and I love, you know, 3D platformer Mario, but the even despite them both being Mario, they're very two separate things. You know, and I, and I view Arceus the same like this, because, I mean, I do love Arceus. I think it's a, I think it's a great game. You know, I hate, I hate using this. I'm going to say a lot of cliche things, just fair warning people. But I hate using this for Nintendo. It's like, damn, you know, if this game just looked a lot better and ran better, it'd be damn near a 10 out of 10. Like, that's the only thing holding it back. But what I find interesting, because the not to retread any old things we've already said, is that this game, you know, felt new, refreshing, unique, all those good words for the series. But it also brought a lot of, a lot of people back to Pokemon or people to Pokemon for the first time, like. And I and I and I, I think that's understated a lot. People are like, oh yeah, it's cool. And oh yeah, people loved it. And people are like, oh, I haven't played since Ruby Sapphire. But I know a lot of people, technically, this could be their first Pokemon game if you really wanted to spin it. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know what that it factor is. I don't know how to quantify it, but like, yeah, man, they they took a recognizable IP and let you interact in the world in such a way that was just friendly and inviting, like to just I don't know. It's it's weird because like it's such a lore heavy game with like Pokemon in general. Like Pokemon has deep lore, but it's just it was just so welcoming. I mean, maybe that's up to do that. Nothing else great came out in January. I don't know, but honestly, I bet if they made an Arceus bundle, it would have moved switches. 
Yeah, or if it had come out, this is its first holiday season. We'll see if that's a bump at all to its sales or not. Or if they stopped that train because they released a brand new game last month. But yeah, it's, it reached about 10 million copies sold. Uh, I just really need the Legend subseries to continue because I enjoyed it so much more than I've enjoyed anything Pokemon related in. Oh, the last decade, at least. I think I think that that's where it is for me. And it was a really fun way to start this year. Then in March, there were two Nintendo published titles, at least in this territory. And that is Triangle Strategy and Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Any Triangle Strategy players here? No, no. I wanted to, but at the time I was like, oh, Advance Wars comes out in like two months. So I'll just wait for that. And we only knew. We'll talk about it in a Brian, Brian Barnett is a big fan of that game. Um, recently, like within the last month, just played through the whole thing. Oh, cool. Yeah. I can I only play so many really backbreaking RTS RPG games. It looked good, but I was like, I, I don't have the stamina for this. Yeah, right. yeah. Apparently, it, it kind of falls apart at the end, is what I've heard from a number of people. But um, overall, it's supposed to be a pretty solid RPG. If you're if you're like a Square fan, like you should definitely play it. Yeah, heard great things about that one. And then Kirby and the Forgotten Land. This is one that, honestly, I like, but it has not stayed super fond in my memory. I think that it was a fun transition to 3D for Kirby. Uh, but kind of at the end of the day, I said this when it was coming out, I feel like Kirby and the Forgotten Land just shows its entire hand in the first five levels. And then you just continue to do those variations on a theme for the next four worlds. And it's fun and enjoyable enough, but it's not one that really stuck with me. Like I put it down and it kind of left my brain, which most Kirby games do, but the best ones don't. I think that the best ones really stick with me. And I think I'm not really in the same place as most people with this one who think it is the best Kirby game ever. But for me, just because something moves to 3D doesn't make it the best ever. I really liked it. I think a sequel to this could be the best Kirby game ever if they mix things up a little more throughout its runtime. But this is one where it's like, oh, there's nothing new mouthful mode after the first two worlds. You've seen it all. You've seen all the copy ability. And let's just keep going through these levels. So, yeah, Odell, what do you think of Kirby? You know, uh, I agree and I don't agree. Like, because uh, most 80% of this game is safe. It's Kirby, different perspective. It's fun. It's cute. You know, it's, I, I think the challenge level is just right. You know, it's fun. But the last two hours of this game are effing phenomenal. Like, so much so that I can't, I don't remember anything from like the beginning. But those last two hours have stuck with me all year. This game, at typical Nintendo fashion, sometimes ramps up the difficulty out of nowhere. Like it goes from like, yeah, this is fun. I could play it while eating the sandwich to like, why have <laughs> I died so many times? Yeah. And like the story is basically like, hey, yeah, animals. Here, here's the story. Yeah, it's, it's it's bleak, ain't it? Here's this creepy robot computer lady voice. Here's the ultimate life form. Shout out Sonic Adventure Two. And um, <laughs> nice. yeah, like. It's so weird because I always tell people, people are like, yeah, Kirby is cool, but I haven't finished. I'm like, beat the game because the last two hours is a completely different game. Yeah, I do like the ending a lot more. I do remember it, but yeah, I couldn't tell you even what happens in the third or fourth world, really. Yeah. How about you, Chris? It's Where you snowing or raining, something like that. To, to quote Odell, uh, I enjoyed it, but I never finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I got very, uh, well, Jess also, like, that was another one Jess, like, kidnapped. Um, but I, every time I would play it, I'd play it for, I had the same experience playing that, that I did, uh, 
or I used to have playing Lego titles uh, as I started to like wane from them. That's a great comparison. Like I would enjoy it for the first two hours or so. And then it's like, oh, this is just kind of the same. Why am I falling asleep on the couch playing this? Maybe I should get up and do something else. And then like that would just keep happening. And I never I never finished it. Uh, she played the whole thing, did the whole post game, like, and from what I've seen, like, Odell is absolutely correct. Like, the post game of that game is insane. It turns into like a Dark Souls game all of a sudden. Um, and I would love to get there. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. <laughs> what are you busy with something? A little bit. The next couple months preventing you. Yeah, a couple things. Going yeah, on. it was still. I don't want to sound too hard on it. I did really, really like it. Uh, there's a lot of things I really enjoyed in Kirby, but yeah, it just, it's not my favorite Kirby game is still probably planet Robobot. I think that game is absolutely phenomenal. I'm excited for that sequel to uh forgotten land. Like you said, bring the mech into 3d. Yeah. Bring like, the Robobot mech. We need those like, yeah, those kind of sticks, just like throw them in there. Give me more in April. We got the golf list Nintendo switch sports. And then we finally got golf last week, which I talked about. On last week's episode, go check it out. And Nintendo Switch Sports, who wants to lead this one off? Anyone really care about this game enough to want to talk about it first? Volleyball is fun if you got four people. I'm out. (laughs) That's it. All right, Chris. I was very underwhelmed by uh, this release, and not because it's um, more of what we had on the Wii, uh, but I think it's because it's a... And this is like the old back in my day, like the purest in me. But like I enjoyed my time. I I still enjoy my time with Wii Sports more than I enjoy my time when I play Switch Sports. Like if I'm in the mood to ever play one of these types of games, I'm playing it on Wii. I'm not playing it on this. Um, I don't know if it's a nostalgia thing. Uh, I really don't like how bowling, the controls in bowling work. Like I played so many hours of Wii bowling that I just I've never been able to like switch it off. Um, I haven't tried golf yet. I really want to uh, now that it's available, but it's fine. Yeah, that's how the whole package is. It's like it's all just fine. Um, the soccer is like, why aren't I just playing Rocket League? Because uh, that's way more fun. Big soccer and it's faster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I don't, Fall Guys soccer is better. Sorry, I. Keep bringing the fall guys. That's fine. I love that game. If you didn't know. Yeah, I don't. I just I don't know many people that are going to like die on the hill for switch sports. Mm-hmm. My friend Zach will die on the hill for switch sports. He's a huge <laughs> fan of this game. He's a huge Wii sports fan. And so I actually have good memories with switch sports because I played that a lot online and locally. Over this last year, uh, I think that the survival bowling is a very fun idea for online play that works well. Uh, the just getting eliminated for people in each round is a fun idea and golf does something similar, which is cool. I think that volleyball, like Odell said, is fun. I don't even think you need four people. If you just have a teammate that you're playing with, it's fun. Like if you're just coordinating with a teammate rather than a computer, that's a good time. Uh, I think that soccer is the loser of the bunch. I have never wanted to go back and play that. And that being the reason that the physical copy was $10 more to give you the leg strap that a lot of people already had from ring fit was like, uh, this it really didn't feel necessary. No. Uh, yeah, the soccer is definitely a bummer. Badminton is like okay, but tennis is better. So the sports selection is just weird to me. It's like sword fighting is good, volleyball is good sometimes. I think bowling is good and tennis is good, but then the soccer is not good. 
the badminton is unnecessary and there's all these sports you left on the table from other games yeah like i could have brought here i feel like i expected them to have more content drops after release i think a lot of us did like oh baseball's not here but maybe it'll come later you know like and and it just i don't think it ever is at this point it took us how long to get golf like that's probably the most complex one but yeah you know all i'm saying we boxing is one of the best video game works out workouts to date agreed you could play uh fitness boxing one and two on nintendo switch today you can I think Nintendo published those. They did. Sure. Yeah. And Switch Sports and kind of the three games this year. This is a problem like we've documented on the show throughout the year, but I think it's worth bringing up in our end of year wrap up is that they released essentially three live service games this year in Nintendo Switch Sports, Mario Strikers Battle League and Splatoon 3, where they expected you to keep coming back each month to do the new content. And Splatoon 3 just runs laps around those two games quality-wise. It's like, why would you ever go back to Switch Sports? Switch Sports had the catalog with the different uh, clothes you unlocked that changed each, like, every two weeks or, or something like that. And then Strikers had the season mode that Toadstool FC very quickly petered out and was just done. And then no one came back to that either. And I just think that they released games that competed with each other and kind of destroyed their own player bases. And I think that was kind of a mistake this year that these games were so close together. Like, I stopped playing Switch Sports the moment I got Strikers, and I've never really looked back. I had been playing online from time to time, but then when that came out, I was gone and didn't ever go back to do the online play to unlock the presence anymore. And then Strikers I dropped quickly because... All my friends hated it, and I was like, I like this game. Why doesn't anyone else like it? (laughs) The online doesn't work. Yeah, uh-huh. not all of us were getting paid to play it, Logan. That all, That's also true. I that write the guide. Yeah, and I got a pre-release and had to play it and had a great time. So let's talk about Mario Strikers Battle League, a game that I still contend that the gameplay is good. I still argue that it's very complicated. It's not arcadey like the original two were, but I like it for that because I I immersed myself in it. I got really good at it, and it leads to some thrilling online competitive matches. It is. Closer in complexity to Smash Brothers than it is to older Strikers games. And I think a lot of people didn't like it for that. And I think that you guys were were both included in that. I think you didn't like what it was asking of you when you just wanted to pick up and play and, and have a good time. And it led to one of the funniest boardroom anecdotes of the year. When, when Mr. Chris talked about uh, clenching his butt in bed trying to win uh, against the hard that. CPU tournaments. <laughs> And that your wife woke up and was like, what are you doing? Like, you need to that leave. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. She was like, you just have to leave if you're going to keep doing this. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. And I did. <laughs> and I never like, won that. Was... I never won the Galaxy Cup to this Yikes. day. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. That's <laughs> tough, man. I mean, but you got to know your fan base. They'll be like a Smash Ultimate. was like, you know what, guys? Smash is too technical and we're all about people having fun. So now we're just going to like dumb it down. Like, we're just yeah. going to really dumb down, like, the mechanics of the game. And well, like, Mario Kart became, like, like Forza, right? right? Like, yeah. just in complexity. That's you not what we want that for. The other thing I really didn't like about Strikers was the fact that it it came to... It got to a point where it's it felt like if you didn't have the exact right build for your team, like, you 
there was no chance of you winning at all. Like you couldn't just be like, oh, I like Yoshi. So I'm going to play as Yoshi or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, like, I feel like Mario Kart suffers from that same problem. Like just let it be an avatar and then let me strap. If you're going to, if you're going to have uh gear that is going to like level up my character and all that and, and change the stats, then just let the gear take care of it. Like don't make my character also fit into that equation. Um, so you're saying give all 10 characters the same base stats? Yeah. And, and the then gear just, be what alters Yeah. It? Like if yeah. you're having a gear system, just make it a gear system then. But don't mm-hmm. don't make it where every time I join a lobby online, I'm playing a Rosalina, a Waluigi. Like it's it's always the same team that you're seeing over and over again because like they cracked the code and figured out this is exactly who you need to do well. Granted, that no. isn't just a striker's problem. That is in Mario Kart. Everyone races as Waluigi. On- yeah, and it's I, everywhere. I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, but, you, you know, I feel like it's not as uh. So okay, like let's use Smash Mario Kart. Like Smash, like yeah, you know, you have your 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 tier list, and you have the, your characters you're probably gonna see more often. But Smash has enough complexity and freedom to where yeah, you can just pick up and pick up forever and figure it out. And and it's like. Oh, you can have your main and get legit good enough to where it doesn't matter if someone's playing, you know, um, I an S tier character. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing in Mario Kart, I feel like, yeah, you can really min max your stuff with character and stuff. But I've raced online enough. Like, I love Yoshi. I, f- I found what works for Yoshi. And, you know, like, even in the stream and stuff, like, I beat people. I've won tournaments. And it's like, okay, I didn't have to switch to Donkey Kong to do that. Because I know the heavier characters have, you know, the mm-hmm. bigger advantage in Mario Kart. Because, you know, it's a system to where, like, yeah, characters have an advantage, but it's still balanced enough to where, like, like for example, in Mario Kart, like, if me and you race, like, a 10-year-old, I don't know, this 10-year-old could be beast, but your average 10 we'll lap them. Like, it won't, it won't even be close, you know, because there's enough f- freedom to just pick up and play, but also enough skill involved to where if you legit know what you're doing, it's going to show the difference. And I feel like, Strikers doesn't have that. It's just like it's the it's the is and the is not. It's what it strikers is what like playing Street Fighter 6 is gonna be after like two months. <laughs> it's gonna be like, hey, I was having fun the first month. Oh crap, all the good people figured it out. And now I can't, you know, now I just get punched in the face well, repeatedly and crap. <clears throat> that's every online game though, right? Like yeah. once people figure out the meta. Even Splatoon. I'm returning to Splatoon, and a lot of my casual friends have dropped off Splatoon, I think including you guys. And I'm getting stomped because most of who's left is like hardcore. This is all I play. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, dang. To be fair, we'll we'll get into this later. Spain destroyed like my gaming everything. We'll we'll, we'll get to that when we hit October. (laughs) Okay. Well, the problems in Strikers for me more so lied in the lack of content. The online tournament system was broken because it literally became a volume thing that you get points for losing and drawing and winning. So if you play more matches than anyone else, your team will win. So there were these clubs that had 20 people in them that just literally played around the clock and were untouchable. And they've re- they revised some of how that all works post-launch. And I give them props for recognizing it was a problem and, and going in there and changing it. But at that point, it was just too late. And, and people were already gone, and Splatoon was already out, and it was just over. Uh, so, yeah, Strikers... It's a shame because I like what's there. I know most people don't, but I had a good time with it. Uh, and I wish it was something I still wish to go back and pick up and play. But I try to find an online match and there's just no one. There's just no one playing. So, yeah, that's Strikers Battle League. Also in June, two other games. 
both of which I think are are fantastic. The first, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, came out. It is the Warrior spinoff of Three Houses. I finished this game actually about a month ago, and it is phenomenal. It is very, very, very good. I really like that, and I'm excited for uh, the new Fire Emblem coming out in January. I think that if you're into those Warriors games, this is a really, really good one of them. And I very much am, and so that one really worked for me. I don't think either of you guys played that one. I think about past time. Yeah. And then another one that just I played, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak, which is about to no longer be a Switch console exclusive. It's coming to PlayStation and Xbox in January. I'm disappointed about that because there's no cross-save or cross-play. I really want to move to PS5, but I would have to start over, and I'm 175 hours in, so that's not happening. Like, is there hopes that it's going to be, or it's just, it's not happening? It's not happening. The game saw a Steam release in January of this year, and Capcom said at the time, yeah, we we just can't do it. Yeah, you can. Come on. Get in there and do it, but they're not. They're not going to allocate the resources to do it. They don't want to do it. for. They didn't do it for PC. They said they're not doing it for console either, which is a shame, shame. because I would absolutely move over to PlayStation to play that game 4K60 uh, instead of the switch which it looks good for a switch game but i know it's gonna look I'm so much better so tired of that phrase i know you are <laughs> that's why i said it in such a way yeah it does look great though no it does okay. it does then in july live alive and xenoblade chronicles 3 a couple of big jrpgs i really enjoyed live alive xenoblade seemed great for xenoblade fans from what i saw did either of you guys end up finishing live alive i did i played the you you did yeah Oh, wow. I beat the full game. I wasn't opening the package. Was that Chris? That was me. I still haven't done it. I played the demo and then I never (laughs) opened the package and I was like, I'll play this someday. And I haven't. Yeah. I haven't played it in the Middle Ages. What did you say about that? I went back to the Middle Ages. I I defeated Lord Odio, Dio, Ode, uh, all all the variations you could say Odio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, a great game. Really cool kind of piece of history that was surprising to see them bring back this year. I thought that was a big winner of the year. That was a very, very cool game. I love the HD 2D style. Headlines this week that Dragon Quest 3 HD 2D remake is going to get news soon, and I'm very excited for that game. So Live Live was great, and Xenoblade continues to be a kind of a blind spot for the show. But that's okay. We hit most of the others. Then in September, Splatoon 3 finally came out, and... This game was a huge topic on our show all year long because we were like, is this game necessary? What's it going to be like? Are they making enough changes to make it a meaningful sequel? And they had all the right answers for those questions. We were super impressed by Splatoon 3. I know you guys didn't play it as long as I did, but I'm just more into the franchise, I think, in general as well. But I still go back and am just in love with everything this game did. Just pairing up, just all the simple stuff that should have been there from the start, but pairing up with friends in the lobby. The multiplayer generally works pretty well. The Splatfest are still fun. Salmon Run is back and has some really cool changes. The single player campaign is really cool and really huge. Like, just everything in this game just floored me. Easily the best Platoon game. And for my money, it's the best game Nintendo published this year. Chris is nodding. You, I, you completely, so? I completely agree. Um, it's so funny. It's so funny thinking back to like the conversations that we were having in July 
of like, I don't know, man. We don't know. <laughs> We're not seeing anything. And then, yeah. you know, this game drops and it's like the second coming. Like, I loved my time with Splatoon 3. Um, I I didn't I didn't finish the campaign, but like I do I do still every now and then like fire it up and I'm like, you know what? I'll do a couple levels in that. Like mm-hmm. it's such a good game to just pop in and out of. Um, if you only have like a half hour to play here and there. Um, it doesn't ask a lot of you. It's very easy to get in and out of matches. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely love my time with that game. Jeez, you know, we're only year. getting more. There's a big run this weekend, by the way. The ah. salmon run has taken over Wahoo World on Friday, and I'm excited to check that out and talk about it in like two months on the boardroom. So that'll be cool. Odell, anything to add on Splatoon? Um, Splatoon 3 reminded me that Nintendo can create content-rich games even when they want to. Like, I just got, I gotten used to the desert level of content Nintendo games had became. And it was just like, yeah, this is just what it is now, you know. We don't live in a 64 area, you know, it's the digital area. You don't have to have a complete just out-of-box play until you go grand-to-face game. And then they released Splatoon 3, and it's like, oh, you can do this. Funny, interesting. I, a lot of games like to talk to you. Well, and not only that, but like they, it does it so well. Like it almost does it better than non-Nintendo. A lot of non-Nintendo games that are out there. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a yeah. whole other echelon. I love the live service elements. Yes, it's a sixty-dollar full package, but the fact that there is a new catalog every three months that you basically earn a level if you win, get one win every day. It's set up that if you p- play every day till you win one match, you'll complete your catalog by the end of the season. And that's a really smart way to do it. And you continue to level up, uh, even not for your just your first win of the day. You level it up both in Turf War and Salmon Run. There's ranked. You can. They made a mode for ranked where you can just play solo and not worry about getting stopped by a team that's playing together because it's just for solo players. And then there's a more casual ranked mode where you can pair up with friends. It's just they thought of everything this time. It took them three entries, but this game is finally like... Splatoon was a franchise where it's like, Man, if you can look past its warts, it is a phenomenal game. And now Splatoon is just like, it's a phenomenal game. Like Splatoon three, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, oh gosh, I won't, I won't say top five, easily a top ten Switch game. I think <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. And I still yeah. never played the card game. I still haven't either. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't decorate my locker though. I return there every so often and decorate my locker, but. Yeah, having a great time with Splatoon. Then October, two games I didn't play. Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which people are very, very high on, and Bayonetta 3, which had a lot of controversy surrounding it. But then people ended up liking the game, except for the story. So kind of a mixed bag with Bayonetta 3. But Odell, you said when we got to October, you were going to talk about Spain? Yeah, so I didn't leave for Spain. So Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope came out at the end of October. I love that there's five worlds. I'm halfway through the fourth. And then um, Spain happened. And I remember telling myself, Odell, beat this game before you leave. Spain's going to happen. Pokemon's going to come out. You're not going to touch this game. And then, so this is this my day. I'm, on world, I'm halfway through world four. And I'm like, okay, crap. Like, I'm, I'm getting a little too close to the deadline. Got it. I will play it on the plane. I've never played a Switch game on the plane. Like, I say I'm going to play my Switch <laughs> on the plane. And I never yeah. do. Because I just, I need the elbow room and I'm flying coach. And like, it was perfect on the way to Spain, which is an eight hour flight. Well, to London point across the ocean. 
I'm like, yeah. there was the, the 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 middle seat ended up being empty, and I'm like, yeah, elbow room, about to do it. God has smiled upon me, and proceeded to like sleep the whole time. <laughs> yep. I'm, I, maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. But yeah, Mario Plus Rabbits is great. Capital G, great. Like, story's funny. Like, I knew it was going to be like hot. Like, it went from like, the first was like, hey, that's funny. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Toilet humor. <laughs> it's a rabbit. To being like, <laughs> the rabbits talk, which her explanation was the uh, beep your machine was like, I got tired of their gibberish and never know what they're meaning. So I invented like a translation machine. And I was like, uh, I love that. And like their dialogue in and out of battle is just hilarious. Like, I don't know why Rabbit Luigi is like a hip hop like DJ and I can't get nice. enough of him. Like, just like the little stuff he be said, he'd be like, oh yeah, I see you. Oh yeah, you ain't hiding from me. And I'm like, why? why? Why is this you? And it is is it's just wacky in like the best way. And the fact that like like Sonic, we were talking about Sonic. The fact that three large DLC packs is coming out, I'm just like, my God. Mm-hmm. Like with one again, with Rayman, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like which for those who don't know, that's where the rabbits come from. They're from the Rayman universe. If you're ever wondering how we ended up with this nonsense. Once upon a time. In 2006, Rayman and the Rabbits were together. <laughs> yeah, eventually they dropped him. They <laughs> dropped him and he was gone. Rayman Origins. Well, I, I mean, Rayman, Le- <coughs> Rayman Legends was the last Rayman game that we've had. Yeah. Um, but it used to be Rayman Raving Rabbits. Yeah. And then it was just became Rabbits. Well, yeah. And Rayman. Was I no think Ubisoft went during the Wii era was kind of like, oh, we can use these things. Like they had a uh, they had a Wii balance board game. Uh, TV party, TV, yeah, TV party. There were uh, a couple titles with the rabbit. That a video game version of the they made a TV they're series just, in France. I liked oh. some of the rabbits games; they were fun. I actually they enjoyed uh, the Body original games. one when it came out. I played it on 360. I like the first two a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The second yeah, one is like the world tour one with the mini games in all the different countries. And it, but you it, never played Mario games, Plus Rabbits. How dare you? Like their best game. I tried it. I played like the first couple hours. I wasn't super into it. The sequel oh, looks better to me, though. So, oh, the original. Oh, okay. yeah, but the original. I want the. I want to play Sparks of Hope. I'm just caught up in so many other things right now, including Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which I'm still working my way through. We've talked about those a lot the last two weeks, so go check out those shows if you want to know more about our thoughts on that. But I do want to ask Chris: Have you played it anymore? Or are you done? Um, no, I'm. I'm. I'm planning on. I want to treat Scarlet and Violet the way that I I imagine I'm going to treat Scarlet and Violet the way I treat treated Cyberpunk, where every time they drop a release, I'm going to boot it up and I'm going to go, is it better? And I get and then I'm just going to turn it off and then I'm eventually going to start playing it. And if it doesn't get it, it's hooks in me in the first like hour and a half um, of me getting back into it. Uh, I'll probably never play it again. Right after we recorded last week, just Odell and I. <laughs> literally like 30 minutes after we hit stop oh, they they dropped their minor yeah, apology and the update yeah and we were like wow we just recorded yeah uh, but, the, but yeah they did drop 1.1 i mean that update doesn't have a lot in it like, like as far as uh performance is concerned it has features yeah. in it but there's nothing it fixes some breaking fix bugs, the things that broke the game more yeah. important i guess to get to first yeah than performance right so yeah 
So that's Pokemon. Check out the last two weeks, two episodes of Toadstool Boardroom if you want to hear more about that. But Odell, is it like 340 Pokemon you were saying? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, hold on. I can check right now. But yeah, so I've been playing. I still have my last three badges to get. But oh, yeah, I'm I'm in it. Like, I've drank the juice. Oh, this is, this is what I wanted to say. Now, I'm glad we didn't move on. I finally started to hit performance issues. Finally. 50 hours in, and I got to, I don't know if it was the new, the, this particular area of the map, maybe, because I went the left way because I didn't want to start the grass gym. Like, the if you go the right way, that's stuff that they showed you already, like, yeah. you know, in the trailer. So, I was like, I'll go the opposite direction. So, it won't be stuff I've seen. It'll be, like, all the other stuff. And so, I'm starting to get, now I'm starting to finally make my way back around, and I started some some performance issues. So, I'm like, is this just part of, is, this, is it just this starting area? That has performance issues, but yeah, I, Chris, I got to a point. No. <laughs> I got to a point where I was like, man, it's running a little slow. It happens. It's been running a little slow for like a good solid five minutes. And I was like, maybe, maybe I'm going to turn you off because I should be doing other things besides playing Pokemon. And if I come back and this is still happening, there may be an angry tweet on the way. <laughs> oh Unfortunately, no! The little break was was enough <laughs> to get it uh, good, but uh, currently my current Pokédex is at three hundred and thirty three, so seven shy of three forty. But I'm in the neighborhood. Wow! All right, so let's move. Those are the game releases this year, and I think it's it's not one of the Switch's strongest years, but there's good stuff here. There's absolutely good stuff here, but it wasn't one of those years you'll remember the Switch for. I think if you're a certain type of Nintendo fan, this was a like a banger year for you. Mm-hmm. If you're a JRPG fan, like there's so much to love this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'm excited for next year, which has Fire Emblem, Zelda, Pikmin, and who knows what else. So let's talk about some other things that happened this year. I'm going to list what it is, give my one-sentence opinion, then we're going to hear Odell's one-sentence, and then Chris's one-sentence. This is our lightning round because we're starting to run a little short on time. So other things that I found of note, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe gets DLC. That came out of nowhere this year. It was a huge deal. I was really excited to have something to replace kind of the excitement of Smash Brothers DLC. And it's not quite to that level, but it's for a game I've played for like 400 hours. I'm really happy to have new tracks. That's me. I was at the base plan of the Nintendo subscription until this announcement Literally got my switch, got my credit card, upgraded to the expansion pass. Plus, don't don't care, didn't care how much it cost. It was that big. Yeah, I was uh, <clears throat> I was banging this drum. Sorry, I'm getting over a cold, and as it gets later, my voice <gasps> gets too. worse. Twinsies. Um, I when this got it, like I was banging this drum for a while, like years. I think a lot of people were where we were like, we just need new tracks. I need something else to do. Um, And the funny thing is I got them and the people that I was playing Mario Kart 8 with, we don't play as often anymore. And I, it's not like I'm, I'm constantly going back to play this game. I play the new tracks every time they come out, but um, it's not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Um, but I think it's because I just waited for so long. Like my my expectations were way too high, and I was just yeah. like, "Give me anything." Um, I'm very happy that they're here. I think a lot of the tracks are great. 
I think uh, Ninja Hideaway is like Ninja Hideaway. Like I, if you look at IGN's uh, Instagram from whenever that those tracks came out, I made an image of like what's the best track in Mario Kart Eight, and it's like Ninja Hideaway or Ninja Hideaway or Ninja Hideaway, because um, <laughs> I just I fell in love with that track. Um, yeah, I I would like to see more of like the types of updates that we got today, um, but as far as it being a incentive for people to get uh nintendo switch online i think that was like probably one of the smartest things they could have done um because now people just kind of like stumble into the old nintendo library if you've never really been exposed to that before all right number two mario movie trailers take over the internet we've gotten two full-length trailers for the mario movie this year one very very recent that i think odell and i talked about that last week right you didn't talk about that i wasn't i wasn't here yeah, so you can give us your brief thoughts on that too. But I'm I'm really excited for this movie. Uh, we talked about it recently, so I won't go into it too much. But I love everything I'm seeing except Mario's voice, as I think a lot of people feel. But love all the references, love the Mario Kart stuff. Really happy to see DK, my guy, uh, show up in the latest trailer. Uh, so yeah, really looking forward to to the new movie. Yeah, I mean, um, I. I'm on the same page. Um, I don't want to, you know, retread ground that you guys probably covered, but, and the entire internet is covered at this point. Um, but I, I find it interesting that there's so little dialogue that we've heard of Chris Pratt. And I think it's cause they know he's like probably the weakest part of this movie. I think the writing is going to be great. Um, just based on like the little nuggets that we've seen. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of fan service. Um, I just hope they, like a, a friend of mine asked if I think they're going to make more of these down the road. Um, and like, what do you, what do you include? Um, he's like, I feel like they're like, you know, throwing everything out in one shot. You got Mario Kart, you have like a smash type thing. Um, yeah. and I was kind of inclined to disagree with him. Um, cause there's, I mean, there's a lot of history that you can pull from, but galaxy um, odyssey. Yeah. All these places yeah. we're not seeing any of. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of like how they, if they can utilize it in smart ways or if they go the route of like, now it's a Donkey Kong movie. Now it's the, which is the rumors. Yeah. yeah, Like, you know, insert character here movie. Um, I see that being more likely than them repeating the Mario, uh, sequence, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Odell Mario movie this year. Um, all my doubts have evaporated, more or less. You know, it, it seems like there's going to be a true love letter to Mario as a whole. Um, I still am the camp that, you know, Chris Pratt's probably going to be the weakest part of this movie. I don't know why they did that. Like, at all. Like, you you don't need star power to sell Mario. You don't. He's got star it, power. He does. <laughs> Oh, well, Bowser does I, oh, it was. I, I was making it so obvious, but yeah, like you know, it would have been Charles uh, Martinet, marionette. What's his last name? Martinet. Martinet. You got it. You got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, we all we all would have been cool with that. You know, he would have had the range to make it different if it needs to be different. I mean, Kevin Conway has been Batman for like forty years. R.I.P. And like Justice League Batman and animated series Batman and uh, Batman Beyond Batman all sound like different people. Martin would have got it done. Yeah. But but yeah, I'm excited, like the rest of the world. And then we got the announcement with Nintendo Pictures in there as well. Uh, the, those 
going to be working more on some animated future projects, both for their games and potentially otherwise. Give me a Zelda show. Let's see it. We got the Bowser Lego, which is very cool. Don't really have anything to talk about there. It's huge, though. I want it so Unless, bad. Yeah, it's it's giant. Like every time I sit down at my desk and I I look at the question block and I'm like, God, I just, (laughs) I would give anything. I want that so bad. I want the Super Nintendo, not the Super, I want the regular Nintendo on the TV. That one's cool. I have that one. I love it. I don't have the block, but I have that one because I don't like Mario 64. So I don't want that one. I do have the NES. No new hardware this year. No Switch half step, no new console, no new hardware announcement uh so yeah that, that's could be i think a big thing going into next year i think it's time people have been revving the the switch pro hype cycle for years and next year is where i'm officially starting it i think we hear something next year and i think it comes out in early 2024 so i'll throw that prediction out there for you to all hold on to for however long we're away uh because i think that's going to happen and then next year we're getting zelda we're getting the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom in May, it was delayed this year. Remember, it was supposed to come out, but we got a classic Aonuma with a black background video saying, We're sorry. sorry, but it's not coming out this year. Uh, but we got an awesome trailer, a name that I very much like, a release date of May that I bet it all they're, they're hitting uh, in May of, of next year. So I'm really excited about that. And then the last two things that I'm not as happy about. Wii U 3DS eShop closures happening in about three and a half months. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really attached to those two systems. So I'm bummed to see those ecosystems going down. There are a lot of great games on there. Some that aren't available anywhere else at all. And some that are very expensive physically to track down. Uh, so yeah, it, it's a big bummer for me, especially I would tell you go buy everything you want, but if your system breaks, you're done. Like, and it's, it's just over. It's not like a switch where you get a new one and can download them all. It's just they're lost kind of if you lose or that system or it breaks. And so it's just a big bummer because this was Nintendo's first huge digital generation. Yeah. You had the Wii shop and the DSI shop. This was the first, the first two consoles where it really took off. And just to see those closing down is, is a big bummer because there's some amazing games on those systems. Sad. Like Kid Icarus Uprising. Hey, you guys, either you guys are going to play Kid Icarus during the, the boardroom break. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm not going to play Kid Icarus Uprising during the break. Oh, but some eventually, though. So I gotta, I gotta finish uh, Sparks of Hope and start Sonic and start God of War. And I cannot believe you have not started Sonic. That is just. It, I, I haven't Pokemon either. Is, <laughs> Pokemon has just really been taken up. I'm probably going to start this weekend because yeah. my thing was I did like Sonic. I love Sonic, and I didn't. I don't. I didn't want it to be like a. After work, I'm going to play for like an hour. Like I wanted like a, I'm waking up Saturday. I'm in my boxer still. I'm playing Sonic until I get too hungry to, to have to go get something to eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a great game. Sonic Frontiers is great. Are you pulling out Kid Icarus? Do you have like the AR cards? Is that what you're doing right now? <laughs> well, I think I might have the AR cards, honestly. I have an e-reader. Where's my e-reader? Let me go e-read I never had stuff. an e-reader. It's a waste of time and money. You, you're, you're good to go. I don't know. It's about to rock our world. With Kid Icarus Uprising? It's just Kid Icarus Uprising. That's really all oh. I'm doing. I don't even know if my 3DS is charged. <laughs> oh, It's a great game. We turned on. 
It's a great game. Oh, Ooh. making me jealous. <laughs> I really want that system. Big flex. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. The Majora's Mask 3DS. Mm-hmm. Man, where's my unopened one? There I'm it is. I don't need to see that. We've already seen it. He's booted it up, Kid Icarus. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And then the last thing on my list here is Advance Wars 1 and 2 was delayed this year, and it's still delayed indefinitely. And as we've talked about, obviously understand the circumstances and situation in which Nintendo chose to delay this game. But I just really want to know what the plan is. I'm just really curious to see what it is going forward. I think, I don't know, maybe they're realizing it would have been easier to just release it when it was supposed to come out. Because now it feels like now it's going to be a good time in the near future. Where <clears throat> right, like now it's just awkward. Yeah. Like, I understand the idea behind what they were trying to do. But uh, there's just boxes of this game sitting in a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, we run into the, the obvious here. problem of so the, the current conflicts in like, oh, let's read this game. Oh, a new conflict has started. You know, and it's like, well, are we going to be insensitive to that conflict or are we going to, you know, not release it? I think that maybe. Obviously, there's so much that goes into a decision like this, but maybe they should have just like not hyped up the marketing and just put this thing out there. Just and like I feel like the people that bought it would have still bought it. Cause let's be honest, it was never going to fly off the shelves. And then maybe you can do a big marketing push when you feel like the, the global climate is more right for it. And like, maybe it's like next holiday season. There's like, Oh, Hey, this game's out. And then a bunch of people pick it up then that maybe missed it. I don't know. I think that, I think that it's an interesting spot and that's going to be something to follow next year, but let's move on from that. And give our letter grades for Nintendo this year, the software that came out, the announcements they made, any other communications or anything like that that happened throughout the year. Are you guys ready to give your letter grades? Odell's got one. All right. What do you got, Odell, and why? All right. So if if I was just ranking this, just like taking out my personal opinion, probably like a C, maybe a C plus, if I was being generous. But I'm going to go with, B minus, maybe even a full B, but definitely no less than a B minus because something even even though like this may look weak overall, an interesting fact is for me that for the first half of the year, almost a full six months, the only games I played were Switch games and Tunic. Like I remember people were asking me like, oh, you know, they do the ha- oh, if the year ended right now, you know, what would be your top uh, games? And it was like Tunic, Kirby, Pokemon. Uh, Live Alive. I mean, if I want to throw, they announced the remake of Klonoa, you know, on a Nintendo Direct. I mean, it was on for all systems. So, so Klonoa remake in my mind is canonically Switch because that's how they announced it. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, like if you take if you take the Switch out of 2022 for me, those first six months, then all, the only thing I'm playing is probably Apex Legends and another playthrough of Mass Effect Three. That's awesome. And Tunic, that's all you're getting out of me. The rest, pretty much, my entire first six months was all Switch, and for that alone, it's, it's, it's got it can't it can't be lowered to be something. Yeah, to speak to that real quick, it's just like we talked about that a lot this year. That I spent most of my gaming time on a Switch, and granted, I'm a Nintendo super fan, so that makes sense. But when you look at the first party output, yeah, there are some duds in there for sure. There's going to be every year, but there's also some huge hits in there. It's like no other company's even coming close to what they're putting out this year. What did Sony publish this year? Seriously. Horizon, the second Last of Us remake, 
and God, God of, of War. War. And is that it? Is that seriously it? That they actually published themselves? Those are the- Even if you throw in the Elden Ring, that's just one more game. Yeah, which was a which was banned. Multi-platform. Multi multi-platform. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's kind of crazy. Like Microsoft had kind of a game drought this year. They're starting to come out of it a little bit. I think they're gonna have a strong 2023, but Starfield was delayed, Redfall was delayed, and yeah, Zelda was delayed too. But I look at this output and it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty good considering how long it's taking to make games right now. Still coming out of the effect from the pandemic for sure in game development. Like they had a nice year. They released a lot of good content. Had a lot that we're looking forward to next year. But yeah, before I get into mine, I want to hear Chris's rating. Um, I'm I'm right in lockstep with Odell. I mean, I think objectively, if you take a step back at everything over the whole calendar, like I'd probably I'd probably give it like a B. Um, and I say that because we had a lot of uh, third party publisher support. Probably the most that we've had over the course of the Switch's life cycle, just in like a year-over-year basis. Um, mm-hmm. Persona, Persona came out. Yeah, Persona's yeah. on Switch. Like, that's Jinx. awesome. Um, Nier you know, is a big one. Yeah, Nier's a big one. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of, there are a lot of really great titles that if your only console is a Switch, um, you now have access to. That you, you know, sure, they're a couple years old, but like, if you hadn't been able to play them at all before, like, you know, good on you, you can finally do it. Um, it's not where I would play a lot of these titles, but I could see why for, you know, another, another individual, if this is all they have, then like, hell yeah, like this is a great year for the switch. Um, for me personally, like I'm going to, I'm inclined to give it like a C or a D. Um, it's just a lot of games that aren't for me. Um, and the games that I thought we're I'll probably go, I'll probably go see because they have the Banjo Kazooie and uh, 64 classic release uh, in January. Okay. Um, but the yeah, like the only games that really stuck with me, Mario and Rabbids, Splatoon three. Um, I played a lot of Mario Strikers, but it was kind of out of spite. Um, and I enjoyed Pokemon Kirby. You know, as I said earlier, like I kind of dipped out of it. A lot of the prior to us doing the show, a lot of my time with the switch this year, I put like 60 hours in a hollow Knight. Like that's where I played it. Um, obviously it's not a game that came out this year, but like mm-hmm. the OLED kind of brought me back. And then after it brought me back, I started since then I've been playing more indie and third party titles on the switch when normally I probably wouldn't have. And I have a steam deck, uh, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Real quick, uh, Chris brought up a great point that uh, I want to elaborate on. Is so I didn't mention these because uh, we were, you know, basically talking about new stuff. But also another reason part of the switch kept me going. It was the most played. Like I, you saw me. I live tweeted my playthrough of the original Paper Mario. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I flew through that game, and uh, I, I played Pokemon Snap and stuff. So like even like you know the third party and just you know the the new uh, uh, old games like like. Honestly, like, if it wasn't for my Switch versus newer old titles, like the first the year wouldn't have started for me until like mid summer, maybe even after the summer. Yeah, I've been between two, and I think I land. I think I'm giving Nintendo's year a C plus. I think that there's a lot of great stuff, but a lot, of, a lot. There's a lot of butts attached to a lot of what Nintendo did this year. Wow, Arceus is great but it doesn't run very well or look that good. 
oh, wow, Scarlet and Violet have some good ideas, but they run like absolute garbage and released in an unacceptable state. Like Splatoon 3 is phenomenal, but it's the biggest title this year and isn't for everyone and isn't really doing anything entirely new. It's it's more of a refinement. Mario Kart 8 gets DLC, but the tracks are clearly ported from tour and are kind of ugly. Like there's just all there's just a lot of those. And then there's some of the more negative things like the Wii U and 3DS eShop closing down. Nintendo shutting down the Smash World Tour Championship that was supposed to take place this weekend, but it's no longer happening. Uh, there's just everything surrounding Bayonetta 3 was it kind of was a disastrous launch. Um, the Switch is starting to show its age. I feel like it comes up every single week that people aren't happy with how the games are running on it. Sonic Frontiers is there. It does not look or run well. Like there's just there's just a lot of kind of like they're squeezing every last ounce out of this. I commend them for that because it's a 100 million seller. But I'm here. And if I'm here saying it's time to move on, then, you know, it's time because I can deal with a lot of limitations. I don't care about the hardware that much, but I'm looking at this year and I'm like, yeah, Zelda's got to be the swan song for this thing. And then it's time to move on to what's next. I really do believe that we are less than a year and a half away from seeing what's next. And I'm excited about that. Um, I'm really hoping it's more of the bridge than the swan song. They they seem to like making Zelda the bridge. Let's just keep that trend going. Why not? Now nah, we're not getting a new console in five months. No way. Absolutely yeah. no way. <laughs> All I will say is we don't know that for sure one way or another. Yeah, I'm I'm firmly planted I, on the side of and I, How about I, this? I we'll, we'll, Zelda will get the last of us treatment. How about that? <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't think you're totally wrong, but they uh I mean it's Nintendo. They like they can do whatever they want, honestly. Yeah. Like they could. Yeah. And like I said, a C plus is a little harsh, but I liked a lot of the games this year on Switch. I really did. I love, love Splatoon 3. I love Arceus. I like a handful of the others. I just think that like already the two games we know about next year, Fire Emblem and Zelda, like Fire Emblem's looking phenomenal. Zelda's going to be amazing. Like those two games already in my head will probably be pretty much everything on this list except for maybe Splatoon. So like next year could be a big one. And that's kind of what we see. We see them alternate big year, slow year, big year, slow year. And I think next year we're gearing up uh, for finally a bigger year from them. So I'm really looking forward to that after what I thought was a big year last year with Metroid and Mario party and uh, a bunch of other really good stuff. So that's Nintendo in 2022. And that's about it for this show. But before we're done here in the boardroom and, before Odell is gone from the board. Good. A little secret. I wanted to record a little bonus episode where we talked about non Nintendo things <laughs> for a little bit, but we're not going to get around to that. So with our last five minutes or so here, I want to hear one highlight from your year, not related to Nintendo it can be personal life, whatever. And your game of the year overall, if your game of the year is a Nintendo game, pick something besides a Nintendo game. So I want, I want to just do this little Nintendo segment here at the end of wrap us up. And I can go first if you guys need a minute to think. Sure. About your game of the year or anything. My game of the year is Sonic Frontiers, which oh, I had dang. no idea I would expect to say that a month ago. It came out a month ago, and I was just floored by it. I talked about it on the show, even though I didn't play it on Switch. I just absolutely loved that game. It is pretty much everything I wanted from a Sonic game. And in some cases, some things... I didn't think would work. That did work for me. And I just really had a great time with that game. Played it for like 35 hours when you can beat it in like 15. 
as I'm trying to just clear the entire world of collectibles, which is an insane task. There's hundreds and hundreds of these little tokens to go grab. But that game was just, it's my favorite Sonic game. And I can't wait to see where the series goes from here. And that was just a super fun surprise for a game that I was so worried about its quality leading up to launch. And yeah, it has horrendous pop in, but I love it. I absolutely love it. And then my non-Nintendo highlight, uh, you probably see that pretty much every week I'm wearing something Mariners or baseball related. (laughs) And this year, the Mariners made the playoffs for the first time since I was three years old. And I do not remember that happening in 2001 when I was three. There I go dating myself again. Oh, my God. But <laughs> Chris, I don't remember that. Happened. And just like that, I turned to dust. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every so often here. But I, I've been a hardcore Mariners fan basically my entire life, even more so the last 10 years. And they've given me very little in return to justify that level of investment that I've carried. And this year I was at the game where they clinched their playoff spot. They did it through a walk-off home run. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. We just went absolutely nuts. And yeah, they lost to someone else's team on this panel, whatever. But it was absolutely amazing. It's okay. My team did too. Yeah. All right. The real reason we're doing the show. Um, So I don't don't like the game of the year uh, discussion. Um, okay, okay. but I, what, I mean, I'm not, it's not that I'm not going to give it to you. I just want to start with that. I don't like the game of the year discussion. Um, I, because I tend to fall in love with games later. Um, or I, I tend to play games later than they come out, uh, more often than I'd like to admit in the past couple of years, I've gone back to games that I've never played before or picked up and, you know, all that and then come back to, and um, I was enamored with Hollow Knight when I played through it. Um, I, w- it I was playing it at the perfect time. I was leaving a job. Um, and the last week at that job, like they really they just stopped giving me stuff to do. And like I just got to really like sink my teeth into Hollow Nest and just like I- explore that world. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, if I had to pick a game of the year uh, that released this year, um, while I am very excited that there is a remake of The Last of Us uh, that looks as good as it does, um, it's got War Ragnarok. That game, I'm still playing through it. I'm like 35, 36 hours in. Um, the pacing is weird in the beginning. Like when when you start it out, it, it does have this moment of like why are we doing any of this? And then they, you finally have the aha moment. Uh, and it just kind of, it starts out very strong and then it kind of dips. And then uh, since then I've been like pretty much locked into it. Um, but I, while it does tread a lot of familiar ground and it does feel very much like a, it is a direct sequel in that, like, it just feels like a continuation of that story that you got in the original God of War. Like Logan, you're probably not going to like it if you ever play it. Cause I know you no, weren't I think that. I would yeah, absolutely. Hate it. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I know you weren't a huge fan of the original. Um, but I'm, I'm loving, uh, my time, uh, in this world. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm excited about the house. Um, I'm excited about, uh, just like the, how my relationships growing with my wife. um, Aww. And while it was a 
incredibly difficult decision to decide to leave IGN. Um, I'm proud of myself that I was able to do it. That I told myself that I, like, I knew it was time. Um, as much as I love everybody there, um, and I loved what I was doing, um, it's been really great to like be able to wake up on a Saturday and like l- roll over and be like, do you want to go get breakfast? Like I hadn't been able to do that for five yeah, years. Great. And uh, just getting that time, uh, I didn't realize how much it was going to like, I, I always kind of knew it was going to be better for me, but um, the time that I've gotten back uh, has been, you know, I, I can't, you can't replace that. That's great, man. All right, Odell, your last words on the boardroom. Here uh, we go. I guess my asterisk is I still haven't played Sonic and I still haven't played God of War. Two games I'm sure I will absolutely love for different reasons. Like, to this day, people always talk about Sonic Adventure 2, but I'm like, Sonic Adventure 1 is still an amazing game. Like, don't sleep on Sonic Adventure 1. Yeah. Like, yeah. you fight Water Godzilla. Like, what more, what more could you ask for? <laughs> so but, what is um, it right now? Is it is it Tunic? I know you love that game. It's, it's weird. It, it's a... Uh, it, it could be tunic. Like I'm taking Pokemon out of the equation because like Pokemon is just like a personal love. But like, yeah. Yeah, this is the first Pokemon game where I'm just like, bro, if I didn't love Pokemon, I probably would not be here right now. But possibly tunic. I don't. I don't know because I mean, out of the games that I've played, it could be Kirby. It could be uh, it could be tunic. It could be my fourth playthrough through uh. <laughs> <laughs> through uh the mass effect because i've experienced that game for the first time mm-hmm. when it came out and several times throughout that i i don't i don't know honestly i'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for tunic in the sense that as of now knowing i haven't played sonic or god of war because you know um i remember i forgot what movie this is from or, or what anime or what i was watching and the 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 quote, oh, it's from the movie uh her with the with the AI. The oh guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, Phoenix. Uh and there's, a, there's a line. Yeah, there's a line in the movie, I'm paraphrasing this here, and it's and it goes that I'm afraid that I've already felt everything I'm gonna feel in life. And everything going forward, it's just gonna be a lesser version of a feeling I've already experienced. Um again, paraphrase, they say it way more eloquently in the movie. I remember I heard that and it, and it struck a chord in me like, damn, that's really deep. Like, you know, can you love as hard as you love that first time? Can you laugh as far, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, sometimes being in gaming the way we are, I have that feeling with gaming, you know, like, can I still experience wild moments or these are just going to be wild moments that I've already experienced before for the first time. It's just going to be lesser. But then Tunic came around and it was able to give me wild moments I never had before in a game, which, you know, which, which to me artistically like speaks leaps and bounds over the most polished triple A title ever. If a game could leave me with a feeling that I've never truly felt before in gaming. So off that merit alone, I'll give a game of you. I got to finish that game. I love what I've played of it. <laughs> I really got to finish it. Yeah. And um, I guess, you know, life-wise, my biggest is, is the reason I ultimately have to, you know, can't be on the boardroom more, which, you know, listeners, if you follow me on social, eventually they'll come to light in some detail of, you know, um, what my duties are, what they've become to where I can't, uh, I unfortunately can't be here. Sad day. Tear. And another highlight for me has been the boardroom itself. 
Odell and I started throwing this together last November. Got Chris in somewhere along the way and made 27 episodes of it. And it was awesome. It was one of the highlights of my week every week. And I'm really glad you guys were able to come on and do the show with me and talk about Nintendo and let me talk about financial numbers and crap that I care about, but few others do. It was awesome. And I think we made a really great show. I really do. Oh, no, man. I appreciate the invite. I mean, you, you're like on my Christmas like letter until I die because uh, one of the fun things where you were talking about this, I was like, like I barely even got my job at Stride. Like I don't think I even had my job at Stride yet when we were throwing this around. And I yeah. was like, yeah, man, this will be fun. I, I was looking for – this was during a period of my life where I was reflecting on my, my place in the industry. And uh, not that I was ready to hang it up, but I was really thinking about like, hey, if I don't make a wave – like I – I reached a point like I'm not freelancing. I'm not doing that whole pitching. Like I'm too old for that. Not, not, not that like I'm like I'm at a point in life where I can no longer do that. Like I'm I'm not going to. And I remember you came around and I was like, yeah, you know, this will be cool. Like this will be my creative outlet. Like I'm not going to be pitching. I'm not going to be writing stories. I'm not going to be you know chasing these phantom opportunities. But hey, I can do the boardroom, which we didn't have a name at the time, and that'll be my creative outlet. That will keep me in gaming. This podcast will keep me in gaming. If, you know, while I'm working my slave labor, nine to five rat race job, you know, I'll have this to look forward to. Unfortunately, you know, I was able to land the position at Stride, you know, and keep doing this. And I told Logan, I was like, yeah, man, I'll keep doing the boardroom until I make it. But I was being cheeky at the time because I was saying, like, I'll do it until I die because, you know, I'm probably not going to make it at this point. But I mean, here it is. It, It was the catalyst in my mind. Because, like I said, it came in a very time. It came in a very good time in my life where I was. I had quit my own podcast at that time. For those who listen to Full Circle, shout out to y'all. And so, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm very grateful to this show. All right, I think that's gonna do it. The boardroom will be back. Chris and I will return. We'll be back for sure. We'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. The boardroom will be back. It just it, maybe with a new face, but <laughs> Odell, you're irreplaceable. Yeah, oh, you really are. I, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. Uh, I don't go on Twitter as much, but like, I definitely like we need to at least keep in touch because uh, just just stay in the boardroom discord. Yeah. Yeah. Just I mean, we're not, getting, we're not getting rid of yeah. the discord, but like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Stick around. you just, you know, you're a good dude. It's been very, yeah. very great getting to know you. Oh, I appreciate it. Don't, don't worry. I told y'all when Metroid Prime 4 comes out, you know, like my cousin might <laughs> pop Orel. up. <laughs> yeah. Orel Harmon Sr. will show up. All right. But for now, that is going to do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. For this episode of the Toadstool Boardroom. We're usually here every Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, but we'll be taking a, a little bit of a hiatus. We don't know exactly how long. A couple months, probably. We'll keep you posted on Twitter at ToadstoolBR uh, while Chris works on his house. Odell moves onward and upwards in his video game journey. And I think about Nintendo financials uh, on my own time. So it has been an absolute pleasure recording for you this year 2022 has just been a ton of fun and the show's been a big reason uh but for now we hope you have a great safe happy holidays hopefully you get some game time in there i know i'm looking forward to that uh, and hope that you've gotten something out of the boardroom email stay open for now toadstoolboardroom at gmail.com follow for updates on when we're coming back on twitter at toadstoolbr and for now you can find chris at drives 93 you can find odell at odell Harmon jr and you can find myself at Logan J. Plant. Thank you so much to Chris, to Odell, to all the listeners for tuning in this year to the Total Boardroom. We'll be back. Keep subscribed to us because we're not disappearing. <laughs> we'll be back sometime. 
Uh, my name's Logan. We look forward to seeing you back here in 2023 in the Toadstool Boardroom.